Welcome to the Lakeside Baptist Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed as you hear the Word of God today. For more information regarding Lakeside Baptist Church, please visit lakeside.asn.au. There is speaking on keeping joy in Christmas and how important it is to have joy in Christmas. And then last week, Anthony reminded us that it is through Jesus that we can have peace. And today, as Melissa has talked about, our candle for Advent is the candle, the word faith. Now, when Anthony asked me to speak this morning, and we looked at the different words that um, were part of the Advent series, I thought faith would actually be a pretty good one because we've had a focus in our video and there was a lot of thinking around this to the manger. And that was where we focused. And that is a clear reminder of the centre of the Christmas story. And it made sense to me that faith would be central to the story of Mary and Joseph travelling to Bethlehem. They were seemingly travelling there to be counted in a census. But actually, their presence was to fulfil a prophecy of their baby being born in this little town. The candle lit this morning is also known as the Bethlehem candle, with a reference to a verse in Micah 5. And in that verse it says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be a ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. Bethlehem, a small, insignificant town about to be put on the map of history as the birthplace of a king. We should never underestimate small beginnings because small can become great when God is in the middle of it. In Scotland many years ago, a pastor of a small village church was visited by one of his deacons before the service on Sunday morning. As the pastor brought out some coffee for them to share, he could tell the deacon, by the deacon's demeanour that something was weighing heavily upon him. Finally, the deacon spoke. I came early to meet you as there is something that myself and the other deacons have been talking about that we need you to consider. There must be something wrong with your preaching and ministry. There's only been one person added to our church in a whole year, and that was just a boy. Well, what a way to start a Sunday morning. The minister went to the pulpit that day with a grieved and heavy heart. After the service, he wished to be alone, and he lingered in the church after everyone had left so he could pray. He cried out to God, asking why his efforts seemed to be in vain, despite him doing his very best for God. After a while of pouring his heart out, he became conscious that there were, he was not alone. So he looked around and there it was, there was that boy, Robert. He had been the boy to become a Christian in the last year. The pastor said, well, Robert, what is it? Robert said, do you think, pastor, if I was willing to work hard to get an education, that I could become a preacher? A preacher, perhaps a missionary, 
There was a long pause and tears filled the eyes of the old minister. At length he said, this heals the ache in my heart, Robert, because I can see God's divine hand. Yes, I think you'll become a preacher. That boy was Robert Moffat. And if that name does not mean anything to you, Robert became a great African missionary who translated the entire Bible into a local language so the native people could read God's word for themselves. You see, God does not see the size of someone or something as relevant to his plannings. Bethlehem may well have been a small town, but God had a plan to get Joseph and Mary there at just the right time for the birth of his son, God's son. And Jesus reminds us when it comes to faith, we need to have the faith of a child. At the start of Matthew 18, it says this, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like the little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. From Jesus' perspective, it takes the sincerity and natural nature of a child to grasp what the kingdom of heaven is all about. His disciples were demonstrating childish faith by being self-centered and arguing about who would be greatest in the kingdom of heaven. But Jesus wanted to turn their attention away from childish faith to childlike faith. You may be wondering what the difference is between childish and childlike. Well, when I think of the word childish, I think of words such as self-indulgent, silly, thoughtless, reckless, irresponsible. Whereas when I think of the word childlike, I think of words such as trusting, sense of awe, innocent, candid, dependent. Do you see the difference? The list on the left shows a very self-centered attitude. The list on the right, however, shows someone focused on seeking, searching, and growing. If we can't see any of those characteristics in ourselves, then maybe we've lost the childlike wonder, the wonder to desire more of God and to get to know him, that childlike faith. I read about, uh, recently about some children who were asked this question. By faith, I know that God is. Here are some of their responses. Amanda said that God is forgiving because he forgave in the Bible and he forgave me when I went in the road on my bike without one of my parents. I love it when someone comes up with a new word. Brandon said he knows that God is providing for because he dropped manna for Moses and the people and he gave my dad a job. Jeremy sees God as merciful because my brother has been nice to me all year. <laughs> and then we have this. I feel like it's a story much repeated. God is faithful because the school bill came and my mum didn't know how we were going to pay it. Two minutes later, my dad called and he'd just got a bonus. My mum was in tears because God is faithful. Take a minute. I wonder how you would answer that question. By faith, 
I know that God is. Children have such a great way of saying things. I'm not sure I could ever be quite as brave as this Sunday school teacher. Some six-year-old kids in their Sunday school class were reenacting the story of the birth of Jesus. I think you've seen in our video how that can go. The teacher wanted them to stage it themselves based on their own made-up script, so it was certainly going to be interesting. What do you reckon, Gemma? Give that one a miss. <laughs> they had three Marys, two Josephs, six shepherds, two wise guys, and one boy who played the cow. Another boy decided he would be the doctor who would deliver the baby. The teacher consented, that would not be me, so the little doctor went back behind the manger, picked up the doll, carefully wrapped it in a blanket. Then with a big smile on his face, he turned to the Marys and the Josephs and said, congratulations, it's a god. <laughs> The birth of Jesus was an outstanding event where God took on human form. The, the nativity is our annual reminder of the humble way he did it. As we think about this Christmas, how does faith come into it? I started my preparation this morning by asking a few people this question. What first comes to your mind when you hear the word faith in relation to the nativity? Here are some of their responses. Faith is believing it to be true. Sometimes it seems very far removed. There was the faith shown by the different people in the story. The wise men, to follow the star, took faith. Mary and Joseph, to each trust the messages of the angel, took faith. There was the faithfulness of God. And there was the faithfulness of Jesus to come to be that part of God's saving plan. So this Christmas, how can we walk in faith? How can we show that this season is more than a self-centred gift-giving food coma holiday? I have three things that might be of help. Firstly, we can learn from models of faith. I don't know about you, but I've found that seeing other people's expressions of faith can really encourage my own. In comments that I gathered just earlier about the faith in the nativity, the faith of both Mary and Joseph was mentioned more than once. But let's focus for a minute on the faith of Mary because I have found her expression of faith as part of the Christmas story to be profound. In Luke chapter 1, we see a picture of a teenage girl who has no idea her life is about to be turned upside down. The angel of the Lord comes to her and tells her she will give birth to a baby, Jesus. Mary, being a virgin and pledged to marry Joseph, is somewhat startled. Let's look at what she says. In Luke 1.34, she says, Well, how can this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. That is a logical question. The angel Gabriel answers her in verse 35. The angel answered, 
The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. Then he reminds her, for nothing is impossible with God. So how does Mary respond? That moment of truth has arrived for her. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. What courageous faith Mary showed. She surrendered her life to God's will, knowing full well she wouldn't experience misunderstanding and shame. Remember, she is a virgin engaged to Joseph. What would people think? What would people say? What would people do? It didn't matter that her reputation and quite possibly her life was in jeopardy. Why? Because she was operating on a foundation of faith. She had courageous faith. Therefore, it didn't matter what other people would say or do. What mattered was what the Lord said he would do. Courageous people can inspire us. Courageous people can encourage us. So looking at how they model faith can be of great help to us. Secondly, we can have confidence in the source of our faith. If we are to walk by faith, that childlike faith that we talked about, we need to have confidence in the source of that faith. Most of you would know that one of our grandsons, Hunter, lives with us. Hunter's three, turning four in April. But he is still young enough to be a great example of an innocent, believing child. You can pretty much get him to believe anything. <laughs> Currently, his source of faith is the adults who are important in his life. It is from us that he is learning how to trust, and any parent or grandparent knows how important that is. So for any of us to have confidence in God as the source of our faith, we need to continue to learn from him and see his faithfulness. The more we get to know God, the greater our confidence. You see, God is the ultimate author. He wrote your story and he wrote my story. When we realise how much God loves us and how he wants the very best for us, when we see that God is for us and desires an intimate relationship with us, that results in confidence. Mary came to realise that. Although she didn't understand everything, she knew that God was God and she would serve him. She knew God's story was the best story. She knew there was a larger story and she had a crucial role to play in it. Every single one of us has a unique story written by God. He is the author and he will make it perfect. In Hebrews 12, we read, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author 
and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured, endured such opposition from sinners so the, that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That is the God we can have confidence in. I do know, however, that doesn't matter how much we look at others being faithful. It doesn't matter how much we know in our head. We actually need to put our faith in action. We need to take a step out in faith. When Jesus was born, God came down to earth to live amongst his creation. God took a step down so we could take a step out in confidence of the plan he has for us. Seeing the nativity reminds me that God is not a distant God who is disinterested in what is going on for us. So I wonder what your step of faith will be this Christmas. Some of you might have come to this Christmas season wondering where you lost the magic of Christmas, wondering if there is more to life than this bland, predictable existence called your life. Well, I want to say that, yes, there is. Take a step to come and see what God has in store for your life. Come and see how you can work through, how God can work through you and in you to bring back the wonder of Christmas as you get to know him more. Come and see what a difference God makes when you have a personal relationship with him. For some of you, the next step of faith is to go and tell others. Because it's all very well to come and see, but we need to go and tell. That God has a plan, an adventure he is waiting for others to take. This is a step that takes courageous faith, to step out of your comfort zone. Maybe risk being rejected. Think back to Mary and Joseph. They risked that and a whole lot more as they stepped out together in faith. Do you need to step out in faith and go and tell someone that your faith is found in a God of love, joy and peace? Some of you may be questioning what God is doing in your life. Well, your step of faith is just that, take a step of faith. You might only see obstacles and impossibilities, but to step out in faith means stepping into God's story as God is writing it in your life. Obstacles and impossibilities are put there as roadblocks in our way. Think about the roadblocks that could have stopped the Christmas story. Mary was a young unmarried girl, a virgin. Joseph could well have abandoned Mary. Bethlehem was a long way away, and how do you get there when you're nine months pregnant? But we can have faith in God, because God can and will do the impossible. God ignored the obstacles. He made a way for Jesus, his son, to be born in the little town of Bethlehem. The impossible became possible with the power of our almighty God. That is whom we can have faith in. That is whom we can trust 
as we take steps of faith this Christmas season. As I close, I'm wondering where you are in your faith journey. I'm wondering which step of faith you will take this Christmas. Let's pray. Almighty Heavenly Father, there is nothing impossible for you. There is nothing too hard for you. You are the faithful, almighty God. We thank you that as Christmas comes each year, we can be reminded that you are the centre of Christmas. That it's not about us, it's about you stepping into our lives, making a way for us. We want to thank you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen.